79, I think it is, of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian, and this is the only podcast that says... Nothing's over till you're underground. Nice. Yeah. That's the tattoo on AEW wrestler Darby Allen, <laughs> who now has a kitten named after him. Nice. Yeah. The new member of my family... Uh, is a, a kitten we've adopted named Darby Allen. Nice. Yeah. He is adorable, but a handful at the same time. <laughs> nice. Like you forget about something. Like even like when we got Sabine, she wasn't a kitten. She was full grown. Like she was a good. I'm gonna say six to eight months old by when we got her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I haven't had to deal with. A kitten in 10, 12 years. Right. You know, since Ahsoka. You know, so it's been very interesting kind of adapting to uh, a kitten. Yeah. And I can't wait till he's large enough that I don't have to fucking worry about him 24-7. Otherwise, he's adorable. (laughs) As kittens are. Yeah. Yeah. He's got this stupid little old man face, like he's got this little frown thing, like you know, like his front, like his front lips are like black, and they form like this look, looks like just like his little frown. So like, he looks at you, doesn't he? Looks like he's like, hmm. like he's like, like really giving you like a, and a, a real like, hmm. I don't know what to make of you. Hmm. You feed me, that's good. I don't know. <laughs> you know, right? So. I get that he just got this little, little frowny thing going where you're just like, smile, Darby. Is he scratching the shit out of you? No, not really. No, that's good. Biting is his problem. He wants to bite everything. <laughs> really? Yeah, like, I mean, like, you know, I, I set my glasses down next to him, he bites my glasses. Nice. You know, you, you, you put them down next to, like, uh, we put them on the table and we have this centerpiece with, like, these, like, like this piece of wood. With like these, you know, like five candle holders, uh-huh. like, and you put like you know, little candles in there, and uh, but that like the 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 stems are made of metal. He's chewing the shit out of that. He's chewing the glass. I got him up in my room, like in the office. I'm watching him. He's chewing a monitor. Nice. Yeah, I was like, come on, man. <laughs> a little control here, sir. <laughs> right. You know. Otherwise, you know, he's fine. <laughs> Sabine's pissed, but I'd expect that. Yeah. We'll get used to each other. She will. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're doing it the right way this time. We're trying to very, very slowly integrate them together. Mm-hmm. Minimal contact, you know. Yeah. She's aware he exists. She's seen him. She's sniffed him. You know, she's hissed at him. Yeah. But, you know, so it's just a matter of, you know. Slow integration. Yeah. And hopefully by the time he's he's big enough, he can, you know, flex up and take care of himself. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. That's the goal. So how are you, sir? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. You went yeah, you, you went to the big show yesterday. Oh. The so big shoe. Fucking good. Yeah. We've been waiting a long time for this show. Yeah, Ian, Ian went to go see Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I think they've only come to Pittsburgh twice, I think. Once for Lollapalooza, 
back when. In the 90s, yeah. And then once with the Wu-Tang Clan. And, uh, but they, I mean, they have a tour. I mean, I yeah. think their last show was 2008, but I don't think that was a tour. It was yeah. a festival or something. But, yeah. um, but it's been, you know, my God, it's never seen them live. Yeah. And, uh, they were absolutely fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, now he hurt his leg. Second show. Yeah, I heard right? that, yeah. And so he was kind of, they had a, they kind of moved the set in. Yeah. You know, because he's nuts when he's performing. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so he kind of moved the set in a little bit, and he was sitting on like a box pretty much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It didn't even yeah. phase the show. I mean, Morello was on guitar. was absolutely amazing. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, people talk about some of the greatest guitarists of all time. And he's probably one of them. He's a good guitarist, too. Anyway, so, I know you won't beg to differ, but... No, I'm not going to beg to differ. I just I think the difference is, like, like, out of that artistic. era. Huh? Out of that era of guitarists, like... The nineties and the and the the two thousands, like guitarists weren't allowed to be guitarists. It was more about the lead singer, about the singer songwriter, than it was like in the seventies and eighties where you had the lead singer sharing billing a lot of times with the great guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Like you think of the band, like bands over the years that you know it's it's Plant and Page, it's it's Daltrey and. Um, yeah um but you know it's it's always like you know cc deville and and brett michaels you know it's um uh the guys from motley crew vince neal vince neal yeah i'm like having a brain fart right now um you know aerosmith you know you, you just with rare exceptions of like like Eric Clapton, who who was not only a guitarist but usually the vocalist, um, most yeah, most of the time it was a singer like a, a singer and a guitarist duo. You know, David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen, slash Sammy Hagar, Eddie Van Halen, you know um, stuff like that. So like I feel like when you got into the '90s, like I always felt like more, more even more so than the 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 death nail of like hair metal mm. grunge and the music going forward killed the guitar god yeah so like i don't doubt that morello is one of the best guitarists maybe ever i don't think he's ever been given the opportunity to really be that guy yeah, now, I'm I sure mean, people will disagree with me. In that and light, I, I guess. Right. But like the way I view it as like... <sighs> He's bringing guitars to me. Yeah, I'm, and I'm not doubting that. Like I, I won't. I can't doubt that. I, I agree with you. I think he's a fantastic guitarist. I just... I feel like, like the era of the guitar solo went away. Yeah, it did for a time. I think it's still kind of gone away. Like, I, I, 
I really had hoped like those kids ten years ago that were playing Guitar Hero would have picked up a real guitar and learned how to play, and they never did. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the guitar god still hasn't really returned. Right, right. You know, and maybe it has, but it's so underground at this point because of how music is, the music industry is, where, you know, unless you're finding it on Spotify or, or YouTube, you know, mainstream radio isn't playing that shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, that's the thing. But anyway, the show was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, political to a certain extent. Oh, I expect nothing less from Rage Against the Machine. I know. But see, that's the thing. It's like there's actually people out there that question like them being political. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't know they were political. How? Have you been living in a box? Have you not listened to the lyrics? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean come it's, on. It's kind of the reason why I didn't get into them is they were so political. Yeah. You know, like, it wasn't my bag to begin with, but on top of it, I was like, oh, man, I get enough of this from you, too. <laughs> you know? All right. So. But, like, that's the thing. It was just like, it was just crazy. And yeah. It was. It was. I mean, you saw the pits forming. Yeah. And uh, some dude got hurt. Yeah. Second song in, he stopped the whole thing. Yeah. Made sure dude was all right. Yeah. He's like, make sure you know you take care of yourselves here and out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in the real world, take care of yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Be safe. Yeah. And, uh, but it was it was jacked. I mean, it was like that yeah. place was fucking thumping. And, uh, it's, it sounded just like it did. Yeah. You know, I mean, they brought up a couple killings here. Yeah. You know, and then they, and then they kind of went on a little bit of a montage about the abortion thing and the yeah. abort the Supreme Court and all that yeah. kind of crap and not crap, but I mean, yeah. all that stuff that he was saying, I mean, it was good. Um, but it was, man, it was fucking outrageous. And like, I mean, it was. I mean, this. And so I just pulled out the set list. I just want to go over the set list real quick. And, yeah. Um, started off with Bomb Track. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, opening a show with Bomb. I mean, it was it was good. Yeah. Uh, people of the Sun, Bulls on Parade, Bullet in the Head, Testify, Take, take the Power Back, Guerrilla Radio, Vietnam, Know Your Enemy, Calm Like a Bomb. Sleeping out on a fire, born of a broken man. Yeah. War within a breath. Ghost of Tom Joad. Freedom. Township rebellion. Killing in the name. Yeah. And that was their set list. Yeah. And they, they just pretty much played. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It was incredible. That's the other thing I like and I don't like about bands <laughs> nowadays too. Like. You see a modern band now, like, like it used to be like, you know, guy was on stage, like, hello, Pittsburgh, and they'd, they'd tell you some stories between songs, and and then they'd, you know, play a song, and or two or three, and then they come, you know, the least thing would tell you another Yeah, I'm not digging that at see, all. See, I do in a way. I, 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 I don't know, I just, I do. Whereas, like, now it, it seems like they come out, like, 
thank you for coming to the show. And they play 15 songs in a row. And then I thank you. You want, you want Jared Leto playing well, four songs. No, I don't. I don't. Like, he, he takes it too far. Don't get me wrong. Like, he well, takes a lot it of them take far. it too far. Right. But there was a time where, like, <laughs> you know, like, I, 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 I like, a, a prime example was, like, like a, that Springsteen 75 to 85 live album I had. Yeah. Like, there would be, like, little tracks of, like, Springsteen, like, talking, like, between the, the songs and stuff and, like, telling you a story about the song or, you know, or, or something along those lines. And, like, I... The, one of my favorite lines ever was, you know, you know, if you if you have blind faith in anything, or in 1985, if you have blind any faith in anything, it'll get you killed. Yeah, you know, something along those lines. And it was like, it was shit like that that I liked. Mm. You know, like he didn't go on forever and ever. And you know, and Springsteen was known for playing, you know, 15, 20 songs. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it wasn't like it interfered. Like you're right. Like the last time I saw Thirty Seconds to Mars, like Nancy was pissed because they played ten songs, and he was like bullshitting between each one, and, and it was like, come on, man, just just play. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So there there is a difference. I get that, but also like, <laughs> just like when we saw Gary Newman, there was no interaction, yeah. and I was in a small club. You know, he he played for two hours and left the stage. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, it's this odd thing of, like, that art is kind of, I don't want to say lost, but I just, I, I think it's it's untapped. Like, there's a there's a fine line that you can do both, where you can have some interaction with the crowd, tell a little story, and still get a large number of songs into your set. Yeah. I'm good with it. Yeah. Like the pumpkin show, when it was straight hours, that was like two hours and thirty minutes of just music. Yeah, I was good with that. Yeah, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I know the band. Yeah. Now with rage, do would I want more some interjection of political stuff? Yeah, but also too that their music kind of says it all. Right. And that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like right. But yeah, I I guess they raised an eyebrow with people. With the whole, uh, they're, they're pretty political. I just well, couldn't believe it. I mean, that's the same thing, like, people who are like, <laughs> when did Star Trek get so political? I don't know, like, 1966? <laughs> right. You know, like, I don't know. Uh, you didn't realize this? From its conception? <laughs> yeah. It's always been political. Yeah. Like, forever. You know, but people bitch about that. Like, oh, it's so woke. I'm like, well, it was... Woke in 1966. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So it was a good show. Loved it. Um, one of the better shows I've ever been to. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was just... I could check that off. Yeah. And I would see them again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just felt... I don't know. It just felt right. I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. For me. Yeah. You know, because I liked them. Yeah. And and it just felt like really right. Yeah. It just... They match up with me, you know, somewhat somewhat politically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. So, but to hear him sing is just like... God, it's like... Perfect. 
And of yeah. course, he hasn't sang in <laughs> yeah years. Yeah, there, there are a few like bands that are like on the bucket list. I'll probably never see them though. Yeah, like I'll never see Springsteen. Nah, no. Nah. Why he charges like too fucking much? Like I mean, two thousand dollars a seat at fucking Bryce Jordan Center. Really? Yeah. Well, fuck you. Um, but also, I mean, even if you did a stadium show and I like, I bought the cheapest ticket at a stadium show. Like, I just don't know what Springsteen I'm getting. Yeah. Like, am I am I am I getting you know Born to Run in Jungle Land or am I getting Ghost of Tom Jode? Yeah. You know, because I don't want Ghost of Tom Jode. I, I want Born to Run in Jungle Land. Yeah. You know, um, I would love to see ELO, Electric Flight Orchestra. <laughs> um. I know they toured a couple years ago, and I looked at tickets, and I just thought they were too expensive. Mm. Uh, and, I mean, they probably weren't. Like, I mean, compared to, like, other bands, they, they were probably very reasonable. I was just like, ah, I'm just not spending that money for this. Yeah. You know? And Nancy even bought, offered to buy them for me. I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's probably, yeah, those are probably, like, the last, like, really two, like, I guess the Eagles, like, but, like, like they're, like, some bands, it's, like, it's, like, a tribute band at this point. Like, it's not really the Eagles. No. Like, it's just a few of the original members. Um, the same with Pink Floyd. Like, it's not really Pink Floyd. Yeah. You know, I know Roger Waters came a month or two ago, and I thought about going to that show, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's Roger fucking Waters, and, uh, but I decided not to. Mm. You know, I just talked myself out of it. I'm like, yeah, that's expensive, and... You know, think of what else you could buy with that money that I end up spending on, like, you know, cheeseburgers. <laughs> you know, so it's just that thing of, like, there are some bands I'd like to see, and I, I probably never will, but I'm, we, we talked about it last weekend, you, me, and Lisa, after the, the show was over. I've seen plenty, and I'm pretty satisfied with my, uh, yeah, you know, who I've seen. Yeah. I, for me, I... I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be a band that will come up that I want to see. Yeah. Um, like, um, like this Rage concert. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad we got tickets for that. Yeah. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I've seen Crew. Of course, I've seen Metallica. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of bands disturbed. Just to name a few, but I can't think of anything that's on a bucket list. Maiden, yeah. Maiden was a bucket list for me. Yeah. Um, and so are the Pumpkins. Um, when I saw them a couple years ago. Yeah. That was that was a bucket list as well. Yeah. Um, and there's not, you know, I don't have any interest in Pearl Jam. There's not really anybody from the '80s that I would like to see. Yeah. At least just saw the furs, right? Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I can't think of really anybody, but I'm sure there will be a band to come up and be like, "Man, I gotta see that." I would like to see Duran Duran because I've never seen Duran Duran live. When I saw them, they put on a hell of a show. Yeah. You I know, think I mean, Duran I... Duran would be actually a really good band to see. I could probably put that on a bucket list because yeah. I, th- I felt out of most of the '80s music, I felt Duran Duran was probably one of the best. 
of the time for me. Because I didn't get into a lot of that. I, I, I think they... A GNR would probably be on that level, too. I, I, I feel like Duran Duran... You know, it. it's kind of like when you say, like... Yeah, Motley Crue gets you know labeled as hair metal, and they're really not. Yeah. Duran Duran gets labeled as pop, and it really isn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's something of its own, in my like it it, it it falls in that category of pop music, but man, it is a whole lot better than ninety nine point nine percent of what pop music is considered. Yeah. yeah. Like they are the top of, of pop yeah. of all time in my opinion like yeah. uh, you listen to like you know i mean seven and the ragged tiger and wild boys and like there's so much stuff in the 80s the the wedding album and you get into the 90s and even in the 2000s like that album astronaut from like like, what the, like 2008 i think it came out that was phenomenal it was like old school Duran Duran. Yeah. And that was... And one of the reasons I, I, I wanted to see that show, uh, Nancy wanted to see that show, and that album was important, is because they brought back Roger Taylor. Yeah. The guitarist. Uh-huh. And... Or Andy Taylor. Excuse me. Andy Taylor. And Andy Taylor... Like, and so it was like one of those things where it was like one of the few times they were touring with the entire original lineup. And it was like... It was an amazing show to see. Like, that album is, like, a great album. The album they released after that, Red Carpet Master, I wasn't that big of a fan for. They just released another one recently. I thought, eh, that wasn't bad. Yeah. That was pretty good. But, I mean, they still make, so they still make to this day, like, really fucking good music. Right. You know. The, um, yeah, I would love to see them. Yeah. Um. There was another band that I wanted to see. I mean, I still want to see Chains, but it's different. Yeah. And when I saw, you know, when I saw Maiden Dickinson was back. Yeah. And uh, when I saw Pumpkins, three of the four were back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, that was a pretty big deal for me to go. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't Gorgon putting on some show. It was yeah. like, the original members are here. Right. Um. Which I thought was essential for a good show. Yeah. I mean, you have to have. Yeah. I mean, Darcy, you could probably get away with. Yeah. On bass, but you cannot get away with without Chamberlain and Neon. Yeah. There's just... I mean, Chamberlain drives that music. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. So, it's just... So, that's that's why it was such a good bucket list show to go to, is because... I mean, that was a great fucking show. And... um so yeah, and I'm glad the girls got to see Rage. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like so, it was the first time for me and a first time for them. I don't know if Lee saw them or not. Yeah. She probably did. Yeah. Because they toured more West Coast, I think, than East Coast when they toured. Right. This is only a forty tour show. Yeah. They're going here in Cleveland. Yeah. I know that. I think they're going to Raleigh. Yeah. And I think they're. They, I know they have like four shows in Madison Square Garden, uh-huh. and then I think they have four, three or four shows, and of course Los Angeles. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't. Excuse me. 
You're so fucking good. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So that was it. You know, it's a weird one I like to see. Hmm. Garth Brooks. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's an odd one. Yes. And I'm not like a huge Garth Brooks fan. But everything I've ever heard, he puts on an amazing show. Really? Like, every person I've ever talked to that's like, yeah, I saw Garth Brooks live. And they're like, it's probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. Wow. And I heard him in an interview one time. So I was like, curious about him. Like, yeah. like cause, I mean, I, I like some of his music. Like, I think Thunder Rolls is an amazing song. You know, Friends in Low Places. I mean, he, he's made some good stuff over the years. But, um... I heard him talk at one time. He's like, I will go up to the furthest seat away from the stage. And I will sit there. And I will think to myself, what can I do so that the person sitting in this seat has the time of their life? Yeah. And like, what the fuck is that mentality? <laughs> like, you know, like, like you concentrate. Like, you're putting on a show not for the people in the front row. You're putting on a show for the pe- for somebody sitting way up there to make sure when they leave, they can say, like, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's impressive to me. Yeah. Because I've, I've gone to shows where I've sat. Like, I, when I went to go see Rush for the first time in 1991, I hit my head off the dome of the Civic Arena. Yeah. That's how high up we were. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? We were in the last row. And... I couldn't see shit. You know, I could barely see anything. So, to like have that mindset of like, what can I do to make sure that person has a good time and leaves here happy? That makes me interested to say, okay, I got to see this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and like, I, I think I'd enjoy the show no matter what. I'll, I enjoy a lot of his music. I don't go out of my way to listen to it, but if somebody plays it, I'm like, oh yeah, Garth Brooks, cool. Unlike most country. Yeah. You know, like most country, I'm like, oh, turn that shit off. But Garth Brooks, like, had a cool sound. And, uh, that's, that's like an oddball show. Like, I, I'm not going to go on my way to see it, but, like, if somebody was to say, hey, I got an extra ticket to Garth Brooks, I might go. I might, like, okay, I'm interested enough. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So what else is going on? Uh, let me think. Not much. Watch anything good? I, I did. On Thursday, I didn't release realize they released all six episodes. But um, I watched a docu-series called Light and Magic. Okay. It was all about industrial light and magic. Mm. And I, I mean, a lot of it I already knew. Yeah. You know, just from like being a Star Wars fanboy, I knew what the, like the, the beginnings of ILM were. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that it was like, shame on me for not putting two and two together. Joe Johnson, who's like an ILM like luminary, who like I, I knew like from back in the day, like he, like he was like one of the big like people who worked on the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. He's the same Joe Johnson that directed, like, The Rocketeer and Captain America. 
Okay. Like, I didn't put that together. Yeah. And this is amazing. So he's talking about, he's like, I finished Return of the Jedi. I was burned out. You know, it had been a long run. Like, hectic the entire time. Pushing the effects, pushing the effects, pushing the effects to get the best possible movie. Yeah. He's like, I was burned out. And so I went to George and I said, I'm done. And George is like, you need to go to film school. He's like, no, I want to go. I want to travel the world. I want to see things. I want. I'm. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Like I've got all this money that I've made doing this that I haven't spent because I've been so busy being here. Yeah. I'm done. And Lucas was like, I'll keep you on. I'll pay you half your salary, and I'll pay for you to go to film school. Wow. He's like, well, how do you turn that down? Yeah. I mean, he turned into one of the great directors. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff he's directed. You're like, oh, shit, that was Joe Johnson. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like one of those things where, like, it's interesting, like, how Lucas repaid some of those guys. I don't know how he fucked over some of them. I mean, you know, Dykstra, he was like, yeah, you can go fuck yourself. I know you invented all this shit, but uh, I'm taking it. I'm moving up north. Yeah. You know, and he left Dykstra. Like, Dykstra was like, yeah, I'm still kind of pissed about that. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. Um, but, uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff in there, though. Like, there was stuff I didn't know. Um, I, I, I think the mistake that this series made was it doesn't have a season two. Okay. Because it, it the first five episodes are like... Well, we did Star Wars, we did Star Wars, we did Star Wars. We were working on some other stuff in between. We worked on Star Trek. You know, we did this for Spielberg. We were doing this and this and this. We get to 1992, and this is when we, you know, everything changed with computer graphics and Jurassic Park. Mm. And that's five episodes. Five and a half episodes. And, like... From like 1992 to the present gets like 30 minutes. <laughs> and it's like amazing because it's like, to me, okay, like it should have ended with like, and this is where computer graphics started. This is where computer graphics began to take hold. And then the next season should be from 1992 and then, you know, George pushing the envelope with, you know, fixing, quote unquote, the special editions. Yeah. But then going into the prequels and the things that they were doing alongside to create some of the technology went into the prequels. Like right. I'll, I'll never forget, like I, I, I saw an interview with Lucas and they were talking about um, the water planet that the clones were on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, they were talking about like how realistic it looked and he's like, I, reali- I realized I could write this in when I saw this movie that IOM had done the effects for about a fishing boat, like I, I, the perfect perfect storm. Mm, if you remember that movie? Yeah. Like, and he's like, you know, that scene where like the, the the boat is going up the wave. He's like, I'm looking at that scene, going, they figured out water. I can do this now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> so like, there were things that IOM was doing and like the way they were creating things and making it look realistic. That was also pushing what Lucas could do with the Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. You know, the the, the, the prequel trilogy. And, like, even uh-huh. after that, like, everything that they did 
like so it's like like especially getting into like the Avengers movies and stuff, which Iron Man did a lot, does a lot of the effects on. Yeah. Like so, it was like this thing of like there's a lot more story to tell, in my opinion, of what ILM becomes after 1992 that we kind of glossed over. Right. Right. You know. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It was. It was very weird because there were like other directors, like like J.J. Abrams is interviewed, mm-hmm. and there's a couple of like you know where he talks about like. The amazing, well, the amazing things ILM can do. Like I know, like ILM did all the special effects for all three of the rebooted Star Trek movies. Yeah, you know, and you know, there's the joke where I, I like in the in the first movie where you can see R two D two getting blown out of a, you know, <laughs> you know, he was like on the Enterprise, he gets blown out of a like a hull piece that comes apart that he gets blown out into space oh right yeah you know there's shit like that and like there's always like you know back when they did the uh the borg movie and with the generations crew Mm -hmm. um during the the fight at earth in the background you can see the millennium falcon if you look close enough oh really like the millennium falcon was part of the battle of earth for the against the borg Uh so that's kind of cool shit like that that they would like sneak in but um (laughs) But still, like there was a lot of things that like they did, technologically. You know, at the end of it, they're like, I mean, especially like, at the end of it, they're like, yeah, yeah, then we created this, the volume, for like, the Mandalorian and stuff. And it's like this is amazing technology. It deserves more than like five minutes of your time. Right, right. You know, like what? How does this all work? Tell me about it. Give me more information. Like, wh- whose idea was it? <clears throat> and like they show like Lucas coming. He's like, yeah, I had this idea twenty five years ago. <laughs> like yeah like ah, that's how I really wanted to do the prequels but I just not the technology it's like see people suck <laughs> Jesus you know yeah yeah so it's like it was a, it was interesting like from like the nerd standpoint of like I like that type of stuff like seeing how like the technology was created yeah. to make the things that I love yeah but at the same time like I feel like that like from '92 to now deserves its own series, because there are so many technological advances in what the computers can do from 1992 to now. Right. As good as Jurassic Park still looks, and it looks amazing still. Yeah, you know, there are like so many technological advances that were made that you can talk about and how that was pushed and the directors that push you to do it and the things like that. And instead, it's like yeah, yeah, we wipe over. <laughs> It's not nearly as interesting as, like, all this other stuff. All right. So, I highly recommend watching the series because I found it fascinatingly interesting. But at the same time, like, the end of it is disappointing because it's like, there won't be a season two of this. There won't be further, like, and I feel like there's a whole period of time it deserves its own recognition. So, um... So I watched that. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you now, if you are not watching the Orville, <laughs> there you have a problem. Like I understand, I understand you've got to catch up. Like you like you're better off waiting until season three is done and then binging all three seasons. Yeah. But like I'm watching the, the, the this week's episode. And this is like the ninth episode out of ten, uh-huh. and something happens 
that had me like just fucked up. Like I was just like an emotional wreck at that moment. Mm. And Nancy comes in and she's trying to talk to me. And I'm like like wiping tears when she's like, What the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, You you have to watch this show to understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like it was amazingly so well done. Like I I know. Like you think to yourself, it's Seth MacFarlane, it can't be in good taste. But it is. Like it is so fucking good. Yeah. Like I can't emphasize, like, especially this third season. Like I will tell you, if you haven't watched the show and you watch the first season, you have to kind of endure some of the jokes. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna deny that because he was still trying to be funny Seth MacFarlane. But by season two, he's worked those kinks out for the most part. And in season three, there are no kinks. This season has been phenomenal. I will put it right up there with Strange New World. Oh, wow. That's how good season three has been. Yeah. Hmm. You know, and you know what a high regard you and I both hold season one of Strange New Worlds. Yeah, yeah. But this has been just as fucking good. That's cool. Yeah. And, like, I know, like, right now I can hear Stork's eyeballs rolling. I can hear him, like, I can hear him. I can hear the tweets now. But, dude, and anybody else out there who hasn't given this show a shot for whatever prejudices you may have against it because you think it's something else, it's not. And it's it's some of the best science fiction on TV right now. Huh. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Do you highly recommend? <laughs> highly, like I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's on Hulu, seasons one, two, and then season three is like its own series. It's called it's new. It, it's called the Orville New Horizons. But I mean, it is just extraordinarily well done. Like I, I can't believe how good this is. Like. I knew Seth MacFarlane was a good writer. Like, he, he can do comedy. Like, I, I still think there's some shit that's been done on Family Guy and American Dad. It's some of the funniest shit that's ever been put on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, I, and you know, I love good, raunchy comedy. This is not that, though. Yeah. Like, it's not Seth MacFarlane doing voices and all this other, like, all the shit you think you're getting. It, it, it's... Especially season three, it is straight science fiction and it is done extraordinarily well. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, it sounds like he's been typecast. It does. Well, like, I know the, the Star Trek community is pissed because he, he he's basically. What he's really done in the eyes of some people is a Star Trek show better than Star Trek. Okay. Like, and. Again, like one of the things that you know we just said, like about the you know the how political Star Trek can be yeah. and how it's been that way for years. This is just as political, but it handles it in such a tactful way. Okay, like I can't emphasize that enough. Like it really does a good job of like being. Liberal in a way, yeah. But handling it extraordinarily tactfully, that it's not like jamming liberal ideals down my throat, but handling, but showing me something different tactfully, and I respect that. 
Yeah. Like, it's done very, very well. It presents both sides of the argument in a way. Yeah. And does so very, very well. Okay. You know, they obviously, they, they lean more towards one than the other, but <laughs> still, at the end of the day, a conservative value is not treated as something dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. It's an extraordinary show that I I just I feel people are missing out on if you're not watching it. Cool. Yeah. Well, I watched the show. Oh, what'd you watch? Um it's called The Bear. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's on my my list of things to watch. <laughs> Jeremy Allen White's in it. He's in Shameless. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it was really good. Yeah. I mean, like, I would give it 150%. Yeah. Yeah. This dude can act. Yeah. And act well. You know? Yeah. I mean, so, it's a good show. Um, premise is his brother dies. He takes over a diner. Yeah. Or a, yeah, pretty much a diner. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty much a dud counter where you walk in, get food, and walk out. I don't know. Yeah, they do have tables, but um, it is really good. Yeah. And he's a chef. He's, a, I mean, his brother ran this diner, and he was he ran the diner. He owned the restaurant, right? Right. But, you know, uh, the main character was Michelin star. I mean, yeah. He went and, out to prove something. Yeah, and now he's working a diner. Yeah, and now, well, he came back and took over his brother's right. diner. They were estranged for a while, and then he died. Right. And he came back, and now he, he gave him the diner. Right. So, this show is top-notch, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, anybody out there need to see a good show about cooking or, you know, behind the lines and stuff like that, this is it. I've heard it's a very good show. I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah. And it's kind of been on, like, it's like one of those things that's like, okay, I, I've got an eye on this, and I'm, I think I'm waiting until this and The Old Man. Yeah. Uh, which is Jeff Bridges, and it looks very, very good. Yeah. And I've heard nothing but good things about it, too. So those are two shows that I've kind of like, like, I'm going to wait till the, both the season ones are done, then I'll probably binge watch them. Yeah, this one's done. Yeah. Um, but, man. So they signed him for season two, thank God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's just really good. Yeah. And the terminology and how they word things, it's you feel like you're in the kitchen. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Like it's behind the lines. It's like nothing really to have anything to do with out front. It's yeah. all behind the lines. And their interactions, their people, him coming in, you know. It kind of reminded me, of, like... I just just from the standpoint of the, the subject matter of that, that Favreau movie Chef. Yeah. But like different is, story, but kind of the same concept of like yeah. behind the kitchen. Yeah. And this is I think yeah, yeah, it is. It's similar, yeah. but it's not Right. It's not that similar. Right. I mean, it's just I just couldn't believe you know, some of the stuff that was coming out, I was like, Whoa. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
not only does it take you back, but you'll see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really that good. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's got amazing scores on like. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes is giving it like a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, I've heard nothing. I mean, the, the, I haven't heard a bad thing about it. Yeah. Like everybody I've I've. I respect online is like, oh, this is an amazing show. Yeah, there should be some Emmys there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's that good. Emmys, right? Yeah. Emmys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so, I, yeah, I'd binge the shit out of that. Yeah. It was just really good. I, yeah. Yeah. One of the best, some one of the best series I've watched in a while. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. I mean, as far as on that level. Right. Not, you know. Strange New World level. Right. Different. Yeah, it's a completely different style of show. Right, right. But based upon, like, our background mm. as short order cooks, yeah. both of us, yeah, um, it piques both, you know, your interest. I mean, it, it piqued my interest because, like, I was like, well, this is interesting, you know, and this is kind of like, you know, parking back to my, my days of my youth. Yeah, and, like... It's just an interesting story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's gone out in the world. I mean, he's, you know, successful. Um, and he kind of shows the real struggles of, of being a chef. Yeah. You know what I mean? The pressure and the... You know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I, I do. Trying I... to build something from scratch and... You know what I mean? Like, not scratch, but rebuild... Right. Something. I, I I always feel like it's one of those things that like nobody understands what a high pressure job that is no. at all. No. Like unless you're there, and like I mean I did it short order working for Eden Park. You <sighs> I mean you've worked for other like you you've worked for you know big corporations like Applebee's, but you've also worked. Small you, kitchens. Yeah, small kitchens. Like you, you've you've done a lot more than I have. Mm. Um, but at the same time, like I can't imagine the pressure of like a high end restaurant having your name attached to. Well, this isn't high end. Right. It, right. But he is. He is. But the restaurant. Is. Right. Yeah. So like, but, but so <laughs> either like, way. Right. But like, the, like I'm just talking in general, not just so much about the show. But in general, like having your name attached, like, like in in that world, reputation is everything. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it is. From the people you hire. Yeah. You know, to like what the food is be like. If the food is being put out, it sucks that day. That's going on your reputation. Right. You know. So every day has to be a good day. You can't have a bad day. Right. But it's all positions are critical within that restaurant. Right. It's almost like your equals. Right. From the dishwasher like, to the prep cook to the line cook to the expediter to the head chef. Like as weird as this sounds, Ratatouille <laughs> explains this perfectly. Yeah. Like as weird as like, like a Pixar movie about a rat that can cook explains this perfectly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but like you're right, like every single the soup boy, yeah, is important, you know. And, and like I said, like you can't it, it completely different 
circumstances, but much like being a, a surgeon, you can't have a bad day. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's like this like high pressure job, and like I can't imagine like a guy like like so. It was, I think what's interesting about it is like so here's a guy like that who's lived on that razor's edge, and now he's like bringing that mentality, you know, to a to a diner. Yeah, and then you add on top of that all the mental baggage that comes with his brother's death. Right. Right. Yeah. So. You yeah. get it, right? Yeah, I, I get the concept. Yeah, it's such a good fucking show. I'm yeah. telling you, you're gonna love it. I'm. I was um, like, there's a reason why chefs are alcoholics. Correct. I mean, honestly, like, yeah. people in that industry, there's a reason why they have a high alcoholism rate. Yeah, and drug rate. And drug rate because. But you will appreciate yeah. this show hands down. Yeah. Of what you're witnessing. Right. Like, it's just written real well. Yeah. And there's a good story there. And it's not just one-sided. Yeah. There's multiple stories here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just written very good. I think that's why it probably got the 100%. Yeah. An 85 or 90 on right. Metacritic or whatever. Because um, it's that good. Yeah. I mean, it's just... It's a superb show. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... It's gritty. Yeah. You know? You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, I highly suggest this show. Especially if you're in the cooking industry. Yeah. Yeah, I, I always thought, like, you know, me, like, it, it's, it's, as goofy of a movie as it fucking is, that one, um... Waiting? Waiting, yeah. yeah. That was such an accurate depiction of, like, Working in a restaurant like that. Yeah. Like every single person in there I worked with at some point or another. You're right. You know, like it's a comedy, but it felt real. Yeah. Like, like clerks did. Like it was clerks for the, the, the restaurant industry. All right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like it's, it's much, it's the same thing. Like it weirdly like office space is kind of the same way. Cause I've, I've working in an office. Yeah. Like I have been like, I'm like, wow, that's, Far too accurate for being a comedy, right? You know, but like waiting was like like so head on the nose. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing about it too is the knowledge base that you know whoever were their sources for knowledge for this stuff, yeah, or personal experience, whatever. Right. Probably more per- along the lines of personal experience. You have to have lived it to have gotten it that fucking right, right? And that's what I said about this too. Yeah, you know, I, it was just like this was a different scenario. But at the same point, tickets are flooding it, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. You know, yeah. I understood. But, yeah, you just have to watch it. Man. Yeah. It's just really fucking good. Yeah. <clears throat> and the one thing, and I'm not spoiling anything by saying, but they talk to each other like, yeah, chef. Yeah. Hey, chef. Yeah. Yeah, chef. No, chef. Like, that's how they speak. Right. And so, I love the terminology. Right. Right. I've like, worked he, in a place like that. Right. But he has that level of expertise. Like, I never worked with anybody like that. But he says it back to them. Yeah. So, he's working with people mostly that are not chefs. Right. Right. Not even close. I mean, they're just working in the kitchen. like. Yeah. You know? And he responds to them as chef. Yeah. 
So there's a level of respect there. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. So you got to watch this shit. Yeah. I mean, it's just so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now, it's definitely, like I said... Yeah, the surprise last ending. Like I said, it's, it's definitely on my watch list. Like, I was like, okay, I, I got to keep an eye on this. I want to I want to watch it at some point. Like, I got a couple of things. I still have to watch Wheel of Time. Uh, hey, Lise. Yeah. Review of the bear. Like, nobody's going to hear this. So stressful, but so good. <laughs> okay. What would you rank it at a percentage? To, the second to last episode is probably one of the best hours. Well, not even. I don't even know how long it's an hour. Was. It didn't feel like an hour. Yeah. But probably. Probably nine point five out of ten. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. It was amazing. There you go. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah. You. I think you'll love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah. I watched the new season of Alone. <laughs> I had to. Yeah. Because I watched the last, you know, Alone, where they throw him in British Columbia somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Survivalist thing. Yeah. But it's not like scripted or people or anything. They, right. They take, take tripods in and yeah. whoever comes out in the end wins $500,000. Yeah. I watched that. I didn't like it as as well as I liked the previous seasons. Yeah. Um, I thought it was... I mean, I think they were going for ratings. Right. So they put them in in the middle of Bear Central. Yeah. Like brown bear. I mean, uh, grizzlies, black bear. Bears everywhere. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean... And like, there were certain things about it, like... I felt that they didn't focus more on the hunting aspect on this season. Yeah. It was more the fishing while the other season... I mean, you had guys picking off fucking grouse yeah. with bow and arrow. I yeah. mean, these guys were dead eyes. Yeah. You know? Plugging squirrels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they were just... Yeah. yeah. They were killing everything. Um, this year, they couldn't kill squirrel. Yeah. Uh, it was illegal for them to kill squirrel. Wow. It was illegal for them to kill bear. Um, they can pretty much kill, I think, any fowl, you know, yeah. any bird. Um, they couldn't kill, they could kill a mountain lion. Yeah. You never see mountain lions, even in, when you're in mountain lion territory, you never yeah. see them. Um, anyway. It just wasn't... Rabbits. And rabbits. Yeah. Um, they can use snares. You know, yeah. snare rabbits and stuff. Or plug them. Yeah. Um, but there was, like, no deer anywhere. Yeah. I mean, there were some, but not... It was scarce. Yeah. Um, so, it just kind of was, like... I didn't like it as much, because I saw them, like, more foraging, and then, you yeah. know, for roots and... Berries and stuff like that, cranberries, all that kind of crap. Yeah. And some of them trying to fish, you yeah. know. What I'm... And uh, so it wasn't as good of a season. The guy who won it deserved to win it. Yeah. But he was the, the spoilers. He was the only one that killed a deer. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, but he ran out of deer meat. Like, he was ready to give up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't think he was going to f- pass his next wellness check. Yeah. Because he had lost, like, 30% of his body mass. Right, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. And the homes weren't as cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I was really into that part on how they constructed their yeah homes. and Like, a guy that I showed you on there, like, a... Do the dugout and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so I got that and like just some foolishness. Like, yeah. Going the wa- in the water to fix your net when the water's 38 degrees. Yeah. Your brain should tell you more than, yeah. than that. You know what I mean? Right. Like something bad is going to happen to you. Yeah. You're going to get that. You're going to go into hypothermic shock. Yeah, it's just. Well, did you see. They're doing Naked and Afraid in winter conditions. Yeah, right. I believe you. I'm just saying that I don't watch Naked and Afraid. Neither do I. Stupid. But I just, because I'm watching, you know, I'm watching wrestling and there's a commercial for it. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You can't do that. No. The first thing you have to make are shoes. They're walking on snow. Yeah, no way. You can't do it. Yeah. It's frostbite. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way anybody survives this. No. And that's why I don't watch those shows like that. That's why I watch shows like Alone and stuff right. like that. Because I think they're more... I think they're more realistic. They are more realistic. Well, I definitely think like the like the original... Con- putting some people in a... In the woods or... You know, someplace warm, naked, makes more sense. Right. Now... Construct what you need to construct using your knowledge. You know, if you want to wear clothes, fine. If you don't, fine. We don't care. Yeah. But in, when you're the first thing you have to do, if you're being dropped into the tundra, naked. Yeah. Is you need to construct clothing. Yeah. Like you need to kill something to build clothes. <laughs> right. You know, the first thing I need are, are like my feet. Yeah. Because if I don't have my feet protected, I can do nothing. Well, your whole body's exposed. Right, but like, but like, it seems like like that's be the the very first thing I have to take care of. <laughs> I mean, especially at nights, you see people that go out on winter nights, and those Arctic conditions. Yeah, they're completely covered. Yeah, I mean, their face is covered. They'll have goggles on. Yeah, and hats that come down and over. Yeah, this is completely covered. No skin showing because that's automatic frostbite. Yeah. So minus 40, 50, 60 yeah. wind chill. Minus 30, 40 at night. Yeah. You know, you're not surviving that. No. But like, so it was just like one of those things where I was just like, yeah, this, this can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> I think I watched a couple episodes of Naked and Afraid when they were in the desert. Yes. Yeah. Well, of course I hated it. Yeah. But I mean like, you know, Scorpion, I don't know. Rung him on the balls or some shit. Yeah. Or his leg or something. Yeah. It was near his balls. Yeah. And I'm like, done. Man, I'm done. this is stupid. Yeah. I said dumb. I've always said, and I know the reason they don't do it, but I've always said they should do Survivor in a cold temperature. Yeah. Like, but they don't do it because you can't get the young pretty girls in, you know, oh, bras yeah. and underwear. Right, right. You know, nobody's going to watch alone because everybody's covered up. 
Mm. You know what I mean? So it's that thing of like, from a, from a rating standpoint, we don't want to cover up these, these, these pretty young people because we want you to see them. Right. Yeah, yeah I know. So. Yeah, so I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't that impressed with this season. I just, I wanted to see more better fishing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because they have a, la- a laundry list that they get to take with them. Not they don't get to take a whole lot, but they right things you need. Yeah, you know what I mean, like fire starter. Yeah. One guy shows this mean ass saw he took, you know, and that really helped him with like his building, his construction. Yeah, you know, um, bow and arrow, fishing line. I don't think they can take like poles, but they had paratrooper cord and stuff like that that they can make nets out of and yeah and it's just like the guy who I thought was going to win one second yeah and that's because he was like 300 pounds yeah and I said he might win yeah he might pull it out right because you had a lot of these survivalists that were small that were skinny to begin with yeah and dude openly admitted right there is he said, yeah, I ate like fucking crazy for like four months. Yeah. I Bolton. packed on 65 pounds of fat. Yeah. Before I even started this thing. Yeah. On purpose. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, because he said if he, you know, did bad at certain things, he knew he could outlast him just in his right. body fat alone. Yeah. And he almost did. He yeah. almost pulled it off just on his body fat. Yeah. I think if he wouldn't have messed up his ankle. Um, that's not why he got kicked off, but... I think if he didn't mess up his ankle, I think he'd have been a lot better off. Yeah. He couldn't get fishing down either. Yeah. And that's the thing that pissed me off, because I was like, if this dude had fish, I think he'd have won it. Yeah. Because his mentality was there. I mean, like, yeah. he was like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, like... And he wasn't like this... He was like a Pacific Islander or some shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Not huge Pacific Islander, but... Right, yeah. He was a Pacific... Like, there was some... I, he, he was an Indian... There was something in him. You know, like, I think it was Pacific Islander. Yeah. But, uh... But this brother was pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, you watch a show and it's like... And I don't even know, but I mean, like, I do know that, like... Fish don't come to, like... When it gets cold, they go deeper. Yeah. To the warm water. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. they go deeper, so you have to get nets deeper. Right. In order to be able to catch yeah. fish. And he was pretty much on shoreline trying to catch fish. Yeah. And it's just like... I ain't gonna do it. No. Nah, yeah. It's not gonna do it. And Barry's only gonna take you so far. Yeah. Barry's onions, that's what he was eating. Yeah. Um, but he lost... Through, and he made it to like the 70th, 70th day. I mean, yeah. That's a long time. That is. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think he lost 75 pounds. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he still had some chunk on him. Yeah. So he still had more to go. Yeah. You know? Um, but like another person, the guy who won, I think lost 27% of his body mass index. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, the one dude 
I don't know what when he tapped out, but one dude was so thin that you could see start seeing the bone structure in his cheeks. Yeah, he yeah. started looking and started looking, looking gaunt, emaciated. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like, man. Uh. but like, yeah, the whole time they killed one deer, and I just was like, mm, I need to see more death. <laughs> I mean, there was but one. Wouldn't that like from an energy standpoint though, like, cause like. You're not taking a deer out with that shot. Now you got to track it. Well, it was funny. He well, t- it bleeds out. He took the shot. Yeah. And he got it in the lungs. Okay. And he tracked it not yeah. very far. And he drugged that shit over to a certain space and he took what he needed. Yeah. Because um, you're in bear country and bears are all over. Right. So he took what he needed. Um, you know, the hindquarters and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and that pretty, that's how he won, I'm telling you, because yeah. the guy couldn't fish worth shit. Right. And that deer meat, and he built a smoker. Yeah. Like he smoked all the meat. Yeah. Um, and built like a reinforced smoker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like thick logs. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I mean, he really, he did it right. Right. So he had a lot of, jer- you know, he had a lot of smoked deer meat. Yeah. To take him through, um, but uh, eventually he ran out of deer meat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then he was trying to fish and he couldn't. Yeah. You know, he couldn't get enough fish to. And when you're that fucking down, dude. Yeah. Like going to try to fish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Like, you have no energy to begin with. Right. And you have to walk somewhere to try to fish. Yeah. No way, man. He was out. He was out. Break. (laughs) Break. All right. Well, now that the air is cleared. Yeah. Phew, doogie. Uh, So, uh. Little news that, that broke this week. Um, apparently, Disney Plus is going to be making a TV series based upon the book series The Inheritance Cycle. Okay. Now, um, the first book in that series is Aragon. Okay. Now, those who may remember, uh, that was a movie that sucked horribly. Yeah. Now, I mean, it was initially a book uh, written by Christopher uh, Paoloni. It's a young adult book, young adult series. Um, and it's basically a... I mean, the best way I can describe it, I read the first book, and it just reminded me of a ripoff of Star Wars and Dragon Riders of Pern. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. You know? And reading it, like, I, I think the, the author was, like, 14 when he wrote the first book. Okay. And to me, it read, like... It was, this was written by a 14-year-old. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just... It, like, I was shocked that this was something that was printed. Okay. Not that it was bad, but it was like... 
it just had that feel of like I, I before I even knew that this was like a fourteen year old that wrote this. I was like, man, how old was the person that wrote this? This written like sounds like it feels like it was written by a kid. Yeah. And then I did the research. I was like, oh, it was written by a kid. <laughs> nice. Um, <clears throat> I'm not overly excited for this. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be a generation of people. I know Thad loved the movie. Thad was, like, bummed that the movie tanked and they didn't make a second. And, like, I was like, it wasn't that good. Yeah. Like, I, I, I would imagine, I mean, this is, a, this, I mean, this ranks right up there with Potter as far as, like, book sales. Yeah. Like, it did extraordinarily well. Yeah. So I imagine there is a generation of kids, probably your daughter's age, mm-hmm. who like grew up with these books, maybe a little older, mm-hmm. but they grew up with these books, and these are books that they, like, this is going to draw them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's that, it's becoming that thing of, like, the things I grew up with are no longer what's being used... You know what I mean? Like it's it's like okay, well this was written in two thousand and one, and we're gonna aim at this group because they're the ones with disposable income now. It's like it's like an odd thing, so I can deal with that. But at the same time, like it, like it is interesting, like that they're that that's the demographic are probably aiming for is like twenty five to thirty year olds who grew up reading this, yeah, and are now like. Oh, they're making my favorite book when I was a kid into a movie. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, I hear you. And not that, like, even like, like when I was a kid, not that there was a lot of, like, young adult books that were good. <laughs> there really weren't. No. No, not really. That became a thing later on. Yeah. Like, it really did. Like, it, it was, like, I was reading, like, literally, like, I, I read Dune when I was 12. Interview. <laughs> Interview with Vampire, I read, you know, as a teenager. Dragon Riders of Pern, I read as a teenager. Yeah. You know, I was reading stuff like that. I, like, there was no books aimed at kids my age to... Yeah, get into. Yeah. And if there were, I don't know what they were, because they probably sucked. <laughs> In all honesty. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the fantasy and science fiction genre wasn't trying to tap into... Like, the way they were tapping into us was like, yeah, you, you should read this book that was written in the 60s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you should be re- reading... Uh, Foundation by Isaac Asimov, or you should be reading Rendezvous with Rama. You know, like, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Stuff like that. Well, hopefully it'll be good. I hope it is. Like, I mean, I don't have high hopes because I know, like, the basis of at least the story for the first book, and, you know, the first book didn't leave me wanting. (laughs) Like, I didn't read any of the others. Right, right. You know? Um, like I mean, not like I mean, I read Potter. I, mean, I read, I tore through Potter. Yeah, all of those books. Yeah, like even like the first one, which 
admittedly is written for an 11 year old. Yeah. I tore through. Yeah. It was amazing to read. Yeah. You know, but I mean, and like, like they've tapped into that. Like, you know, you look at like the Maze Runner series and Percy Jackson and like all the stuff that they've done Twilight. over the Twilight, you know, like all the stuff Hunger that they, games. Hunger Games, you know, all the stuff they've kind of tapped into that's like based upon like, well, these are meant for young adults. Right. Like 15 to 18 year olds, you know, which is a market they want to tap into. Like, like I said, I mean, it's like this odd thing or like this market, like I, I guess Rawlings kind of created it. I want to say, <laughs> yeah, and then everybody else kind of like ran to it, yeah. And they sell well. Yeah, they do. I mean, they're popular. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, hopefully it'll be good. Who knows? Did you see the uh, trailer for the Sandman? I did. What do you think? I think it looks amazing. <laughs> I know it doesn't. It does. I mean, it, it looks. It, it. I. I. I'm unfortunately someone who's never read the books. Right. One of my biggest regrets in life is that I didn't read the books. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to read the books at some point. I got. I was just like, the other day I was on Amazon pricing. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm like, I should start reading these. Like, somebody was like selling like the the entire thing. It was like it was like three hundred and fifty dollars. Like, oh, I'm gonna spend the three hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. But. I need to start, you know, building this collection, of, you know, and um, but I know a little bit, like I know the, the the very very basics of what the story is and the characters and you know and stuff like that, and I I really look forward to seeing how how this world is portrayed. Lisa said it looks on point. Yeah. I think Guyman was there every step of the way. Yeah, he was very involved with us. Yeah. Which he should be. Right. Props to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it looks interesting. It does. Hopefully it'll take off. I think it will. Mm. Like, I, I think that's one of those books, I, I think... Most people who have read comic books hold in an extraordinarily high esteem. Yeah. And I think it's been like a fair going to watch. Now, I think with Netflix, I think their big thing is going to be how they are go. I know. Like, because I have no doubt that, but if you look at those shows and you look at how they, how Twitter tweeted them, it wasn't kind. Yeah. Like that that one show you and I both I can't think of the name of it the one the, I enjoyed the hell out of it yeah yeah but yeah the one by Matt Fash I can't believe I can't think of the name of it but um yeah it was not treated well at all on Twitter yeah but like people people embarrassed it so it's like one of those things where like I think tw- like Netflix treats how something trends particularly in the first two weeks. And if it doesn't do well, they're more than happy to like say, "Yeah, fuck it, we won't do a second season." Yeah. So. Yeah, I I know they. Yeah. Tend to. What was that one show they got rid of that I loved? No, not. I don't know if it was Netflix or not. The Expanse. That's gone. 
Yeah, I, I Amazon picked that up to finish it off, though. Yeah. Like, I think that was a show that it was like, they committed the, to giving it a finish. Yeah. Because I think it was, like, killed, and Amazon picked it up so they could get a, at least a finish. Yeah. Um, which is what so many people, like, hope for for other shows. Like, and it's, like, one of those things, like, like especially, like, a network show. Like, I don't see how you can say, like, if nobody's watching the show. And nobody, and like it does, it's it's not trending on social media. Like, then why should like because like five hundred thousand people are watching it? Why should like Netflix spend <laughs> a couple million dollars to save a show? Yeah, that probably going to get that many eyes on it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like for years, that was always like, well, Netflix is going to save Serenity. Yeah, they're going to bring back Firefly. Well, no, they're not. Yeah, no. Like, I'm sorry, as popular as that show is, it's not that popular. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. It just, it, if it was, they probably would have made a second movie. True. So, I mean, like, there are, there are things like that that, like, drive me nuts. That, like, like manifest. Like, you know, they go, like, two or three seasons and... Nobody was watching the show, so NBC dumped it. But, like, you know, the 100,000 fans that did, like, you know, we need Netflix to pick it up so we can get a, a you know, get the conclusion. Oh, you know. I think Netflix did. Yeah. You know. But, I mean, like, there are other shows where it's just like, I, I just, I don't, Netflix and Amazon and. What about Lost in Space, though? But it got the conclusion. Like, they, I feel like they, they, they handled that right. Okay. Like, would I have loved to have seen that continue on? 100%. Yeah. I loved that show. It was a good show. But you gave me three three phenomenal seasons. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. You know, you gave me a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. Like, it's always like, Battlestar Galactica ran for five seasons. <clears throat> and there are those who are like, well, you know... Why didn't it go on further? Well, Ronald Moore was like, I'm reaching the end of my story. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. But the end of my story is coming up. Like, I, I, could, I could give you some bullshit and run into the ground, or I could tell my story. Yeah. And that's what they did. They told a five-season story. Yeah. And it's phenomenal. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like if they had gone to a sixth season, like, you would have just been dragging it out. Yeah. So I applaud, like I applaud a creator who does that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know how much the creator wanted to kill Lost in Space, or how much Netflix was like, yeah, it's good but not great. Can you wrap it up? Yeah, you know what I mean. But either way, at least with that show, it had enough of a following that Netflix allowed them to at least finish telling the tale, and I like that. And it was, like I said, three phenomenal seasons. And I feel like if it... Honestly, I feel like if it had gone to a fourth, now you're just dragging it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? We did have good three good three seasons. Right. You told a very concise, amazing story. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I... You know, I think the show, like, I always look at and I say, man, they dragged that out too long was lost. Yeah. And I get it. Like, ABC's like, this is a cash cow. 
People watch. It's the water cooler show. People are trying to figure shit out. Let's just keep going as long as we can. Yeah. You know? And I get that. But I feel like maybe it's season four. You should have been like, yeah, let's bring it to an end. Did you see the new trailer for Rings? Yes. Or the new, not Rings, but... Power of the Ring or whatever it's called? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Thoughts? I I am very intrigued by it. Me too. <laughs> like, it's that thing where I'm looking at it and I'm I'm saying that like I, I honestly I thought to myself like when I announced it, I'm like I don't need any more from Middle Earth. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. And this looks very very interesting. Yeah, it's it has a different vibe than the Hobbit did. Yeah. It's a different vibe than, than like all what Jackson did. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I I agree. Yeah. But at the same point, like, <clears throat> when they announced The Hobbit, I felt like that was, like, really pushed. Like, you know. I mean, you didn't need the third movie. Nah. I should have been told him to. Yeah. That was, the third movie, third movie is a money grab. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And it just didn't look as good. I thought there were certain parts of The Hobbit, though, like, were, like, superb. Yeah. You know? Right. And then there were other parts of it that were, like, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the whole meeting is, like, one of the most exciting parts of the... Yeah. It's told yeah. very well. Yeah. Mark on the door. Yeah. The whole, th- you know, Gandalf. Yeah. I mean, it, it was phenomenal. His interaction with um, the dwarves and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, it was really good. Yeah. Um, and the first movie was fantastic. Yeah. I thought. Oh, yeah. And then it just crept, you know? Yeah. But, um, like you said, it didn't need a third movie. Yeah. At all. No. Like, they just dragged that shit out to drag that shit out. I mean, the book's short. Yeah, it's not that long of a book. Yeah. Anyway, but this looks good. I mean, it looks... I think it looks good. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. It leaves me wanting more. Like, yeah, I want to see more. Right. Um, but visually, it looks amazing. Yeah. Did you see the trailer for House of Dragon? I've been not. I've been purposely not trying to watch that. Really? Yeah. Are you avoiding the show? Um. Are you that upset with Game of Thrones that even after this this much distance, you're like, fuck it. Even with Matt Smith being in it? I know, that's the thing, Matt Smith. Um, Yeah, I know, it's Matt Smith. Yeah. I think I'm still pissed off at Game of Thrones. Yeah. I, I thought it was done so shittily. Yeah. That, 
Yeah, I'm one of those people that was pissed off at the end of Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I just felt betrayed. I invested that much time in that show, and I got that. That was my ending. Yeah. You know? So, I don't have much trust in it. Right. And uh, there's another reason, too. I don't know how I feel about prequels. I'm so done with prequels. I, I it, It's this trend now. It is, but it's the... I, I, I know. It, Lord of the Rings, same thing. No, no. no, no I'm not, I wasn't going to go there. I'm gonna go, I was going to go here. I feel like this is far enough back in history that it has no effect on the story we've seen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like this is... That, that's the interesting thing. Like, the, what's the problem with the Star Wars prequels? Well, you know, mm. we're at a point where I know who's going to survive and who's not going to survive. I know the end of the story. With this, it's far enough back in history, I don't know the end of the story. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I could probably figure it out, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's, a, it's just like, none of the characters that we saw in, in like, in the series are going to be in this. It's far enough back in history where, like, you're, you, everybody's new. You know the families, you know the houses, yeah. but you don't know these characters. Yeah. You know, so there's that aspect of it. So, like, I feel like the, 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 the good thing about this series is it doesn't have to set up the world. Yeah. It doesn't have to explain who House Baratheon is. It doesn't have to explain who the Starks are. It doesn't have to explain who the Lannisters are. They're all there already. Yeah. You know, these houses are already set. Yeah. Now, let's tell this story about the split of the House Targaryen. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's interesting. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope it's good. It looked good. The trailer, I was impressed with but you know at the same I, I, I get I'm not in the, I'm not as mad at it as you are or Tim is or many other people I was a little bummed but at the same time like I think the only thing that disappoints me is that it ends up with with, with Bran on the throne like that's the one guy I'm like him? <laughs> I can't I, other, that's exactly what I said when I watched it. Other than that, like John being banished beyond the wall, the the death of um, the Khaleesi, you know, all that other stuff, like her going insane, I was fine with every single bit of it. And I get that. I do. Yeah. Like, all right, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I, I got. I'm, we're not going to go in this wormhole. Right. But I get all that. Right. But, I mean. It was just, like, I was like. As in Ragnarok. Yeah. There was no battle. Right? There was no battle in Ragnarok. The battle that was the end-all, be-all battles, you barely saw anything of. Yeah. Visually, you couldn't see anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it was just like, are they doing this on purpose because they just didn't want to film it? Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You had Battle of the Bastards, which was like, it was amazing. Right. Right? I mean, 
yeah. it was a great battle. Right. I mean, ranks up there with the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. You know? And you give me whatever this is. Yeah. You give me one good dragon shot. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know what I'm saying. Right. Like, it was it was bad. Right. It was really bad. I get what you're saying. And so I don't really have much trust in them running a series. Right. And they've, I mean, they've lost my trust. I mean, I watch that show faithfully. Does it give you a little bit more faith if I tell you that the, the guys who produced and came up with that ending aren't involved with this show? Well, they better not be. They're not. Well, they can't be. Or people wouldn't watch the show at all. Well. And they almost blackballed themselves from... Do you understand what right. I'm saying? Well, I mean, they were going to do that, that show Confederacy until people were like, you want to do what? <laughs> A show where the Confederacy won? Oh no, we cannot have this. <laughs> like, like, like there was a. That's where the uprising really was. Like, HBO was like, yeah, we're gonna do this show with them about what, what if the Confederacy won the Civil War? And people were like, you gonna do what? I think if you turn that, it could be an interesting show. I about an uprising, right from. That. I I think I mean it, it's kind of like that show, um, the man in the high tower. Yeah, like the concept of, but like it was an alternate dimension and stuff from our dimension was leaking in where the Germany had lost. Yeah, you know, like so there was like the thing going on there. So it's a little bit more sci-fi than that, but like I, I think you're right. Like I I I like I think the concept of the show was interesting. And, like, unfortunately, like, me saying that is like, well, you're a racist. No, I, I know. You're right. You know, but yet, I think, like, if, if you were to present something where, like, yes, Confederacy won, we're 150 years, 200 years later from the Civil War, and this is what the world is like, but yet, the seeds of revolution, revolution are, are rising. Yeah. Now you've got an interesting story. Yeah, that's... You that's know what a, I mean? That, it's a good story to tell. Right. Now, I don't know if that's what they were going to do. It was just... The, yeah, I have no idea. All that was released was, this is the concept. And people were like, oh, no, you cannot. Well, I think they were more, oh, no, you cannot. Because of... Was it because of subject matter? Or was it because of, you fucked this up so royally? It was subject matter. Okay. It, it was like the NAACP and like... A lot of organizations are like, you cannot depict slavery in modern times. I mean, I get that. Yeah. Like. No, I mean. I, like, it was like, I think some one, some person would refer to it as, as an old white man's fantasy. And I was like, come on now. Yeah. But, I mean, it's all. Right. But I, so like, it got shot down. I'm not defending the show. Because I don't know what, like, other other than, like, the what-if concept, I know nothing else about it. So I can't defend it. Right. But I, so I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like, but, like, yeah. I mean, so that's where they kind of got themselves railroaded. Right. You know, like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, we can't do anything. I mean, they're going to do a Star Wars movie. So is Watala. He still is. Yeah. Just keep going. 
Yeah. I can't. I know. I. I don't. I don't know. I just don't see how that humor fits into that world. I. You know. I mean, he's gonna bring it though. I mean, that's his stick. sensibility. Yeah, I mean, that's what he does. Right. I, I, I don't know either. Like, I. Where does that fit? But, like, it, like, and I haven't watched it, and it's shame on me for having not watched it yet, but I haven't watched Jojo Rabbit yet. Yeah. I've heard that's phenomenal. But I don't know if I, I don't think I've watched it either. Yeah. But at the same point, you know, at the same point, I mean, look at Disney on what they're doing. Right. Like, I'm looking at, I don't know, the prequel to fucking, um. Well, they got nothing right now. Huh? They got nothing. The prequel to, oh my God, not Solo, but. Oh, Andor, you mean? Yeah, Andor. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a TV show. Yeah, I know, but it's a prequel. Yeah. Again, I already know what happens to this guy. But you also have Ahsoka coming up. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. But yeah. see, that's an area that hasn't really been delved in. Right. But I think, like, but re- we know what happens. Right. But I think what's... I, but you're right. But I think what's interesting is like... Like the Andor character was interesting just from the standpoint of... Like... He, he was an assassin, essentially. I know, but I mean, like, like, so, like, the dirty laundry of the of the rebellion was like his doing, right? So I like, like, so I find that aspect of it. I find the story interesting. One season of it. That's all I want. Mm. Yeah, you know, I don't need a second season. Kind of show me this, and I'm done. You know, but I mean, but I get what you're saying. I mean, they don't have any. As far as a movie goes, they got nothing in the pipeline. They got they got Watala. And they got Ryan Johnson at some point, and that's it. Yeah. They have to be working on something. They're not. They are not. They have to be. Sean. I agree. This is Disney. I mean, they right. have to be working on something. They got Favreau so, has to be working on something. They got so fucked up by The Last Jedi that they put everything on hold. <clears throat> everything. Well, except Mando. Well, yeah, yeah, the TV shows. I'm talking movies. Yeah. They got so fucked up by Last Jedi, they're like, put their hands up in the air and said, we, we, we give up. Yeah. All right, well, let's wrap this up before we go any further down this rabbit hole. All right, sounds good. So remember, there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Hey. Uh, you can send us an email. Um... I'm check. I think Thad said something poignant in his email. Let me double check this. Uh. uh well, Thad's apparently excited that the Steelers are back in training camp, and uh, he's upset Deontay Johnson is having a sit-in. <laughs> Which also reminds me, um, Tim. We'll be taking up the mantle of uh, fantasy football commissioner this year. Mm. So if you would like to participate in the 
uh, Pittsburgh Nerd podcast um, fantasy football league. Send me an email so I can pass that on to Tim to send you an invite. Okay. So. So there's that. Yeah. Um. And again, our email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. I can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. We are very, very easy to find. And lastly, uh, or no, we're also a member of a number of podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Pod Breed Network. Uh, just give them a Google search and you'll find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, as always, I want to thank you, dear listener, for taking the time to check us out each and every week. We can't thank you enough for your support. We do. And on that note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace.